I don't know how excited I am that this is our farewell Bobby Fazio show. Your Jump and chip? No. <laughs> no. no. Moving up. <laughs> Getting called into the bigs going. It's kind of a sad day. You have that song, Craig, from the what the Jeffersons? Moving on. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> If YouTube wouldn't kick us off, we would. Who what if Bobby, if Bobby yeah. sings it? There you is go. Is it technically? Yeah. I don't well, know. It yeah, depends on how close friend. he is. Yeah. Just got to change no, some of the No, definitely not moving on up to anything. I'm, uh, it's gonna, I'm going to be hard-pressed to have you know, production expertise like this. But um, yep, taking my driver interviews uh, to the next level, I guess, if you will, and taking, you know, working a lot more on Drag Insights to make it the best you know, sportsman drag racing app for for everybody that's been using it. It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the NHRA Class Racing fan. Welcome back to Class Racing Today, classracingtoday.com, classracingtoday at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, uh, just keep them not snide. You never know. Uh, This is episode 67. Uh, This is actually a pretty special episode. Um... Because not not only because I got to go attend uh, my first uh, race, the Rock Falls Raceway, uh, but it is um it is Bobby's birthday. Robert Fazio, how are you? Happy birthday! Doing great. How you doing, sir? Thank awesome. you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Happy birthday to Bobby. <laughs> Year thirty nine is here. <laughs> Excellent. Good work. Well, uh, Brian and I got to go hang out at on Friday, which was new for me to go uh, see some some racing. <laughs> was it Thursday or Wednesday? He called, say, "Hey, what are you doing Friday?" <laughs> That's probably Thursday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> probably That's six hours last to minute, leave. right? That's what five hour drive. Yeah, it was. It was a haul. It was. Had a little bit of a. Productivity has dropped significantly since then for some reason. Whose productivity? Mine has. <laughs> you mean your 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 job productivity? Just in life, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you think like being tired and trying to rest up and all that, but no, all I've been thinking about is race card. Yeah. Stuff. I did grab a few runs just for fun. Oh, that car didn't get off the line. The starting line was pretty tough there for stick cars. So this was Friday. Saturday it rained um, most of it, right? They got one round in? One round qualifying, yep. Yeah. Was Trista Fenner driving that car? No. That was Derek. That was the heads up. That was pretty cool. Knudsen against Bill Shepard. That's a nice car. Look at that. And then you have that over there, Dikuma. Now is that Randy Mans or Mike Mans there? That was Randy. That's kind of cool. Just nice. a little quick. And that 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 venue is really really cool. I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. You know, we we get off the interstate at Eau Claire, and it's then another what five or six miles into the wilderness, Up into the woods, and then it's carved out of. Of trees, uh, cell surfaces, real special. Uh, however, their new tower and uh, garage facility, and concessions, and the whole registration place, showers, and restrooms is really a beautiful facility. Although, I do have a complaint. <clears throat> if anyone's listening from that raceway, what was the thought of having zero speakers on the outside of the tower? None. So the real issue is when you have the winner circle and your announcer is talking to <laughs> the crowd that's gathered about, you cannot hear him because the only speakers are out in the crowd or in, in the parking lot. Well, you kind of hear echo. Yes, terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. So I, I don't understand the thought process behind that. I would love to know if it was deliberate or if it was just an oversight because... Uh, everything else about that facility is really cool, except that. So, hmm. but, I mean, if you need help looking at stuff, I'll uh, 
I mean, I can come give you some ideas if you want. I'm available. Hey, consultant, consultant <laughs> job. Class racing Peter today Lance at gmail.com. Greetings from the Budapest airport. He's Whoa. heading home. He's coming home. He's coming Budapest. home. Wow. Safe travels, Pete. It looked like a fun trip. I was looking at your pictures on Facebook. Oh, I miss a good Euro trip. I haven't had one of those in a couple, four years now. That's been about 44 years for me. <laughs> and counting? <laughs> Sometimes when I go to, going to Wisconsin felt like going to Europe. <laughs> Looking at the land, there's a lot of trees. Right. Yeah, do have more trees. Than we My next race is at New Media where it kind of looks like Europe. Reminds me of Italy. You could just see for miles and miles hills and farms and all kinds of stuff. So I'll just stare at that for a while and pretend that I'm about 6,000 miles away. Jamie Jones. Yes. Hubbard. Absolutely. No speakers at the starting line and along the fence to watch is not ideal. Absolutely. 100% right. I hate saying that phrase, but it's exactly right. Um, it's makes no sense to me because you have your spectators, the whole concession spot. There's no speakers for the guy up in the booth. So anyway, it was odd. It was also weird being up in the booth and having zero audio, audio feedback from the announcer in that room. And so you're just, it's, I mean, it's, it, the glass is pretty nice. It's, it's a cool building. Uh, we have a little bite from where we talked to Charlie up in that room and it's cool, but, um, no, no feedback in there either. So you don't know what's going out, if it's going out at all. So it just seems like um, AV wasn't considered well, other than putting it out over the FM transmitter so everyone in their trailers can listen, which is pretty cool. Well, in your in their defense, like they're just trying to get cars down the lanes. They're trying to have like a good run race. They're not like AV magicians like you are, Craig. Like <laughs> I guarantee. <laughs> Everybody, every day the CompuLink link was. <laughs> I guarantee nobody there cared about the speakers more than they cared about the starting line, which was a little <laughs> tough for the stick cars. I mean, Peter's correct. Also, Bobby, happy anniversary over the weekend too. Thank you. Bam, one whole year. Go get them. I want to be there at the track when they're like, "Hey, just so you guys know, we've had a lot of complaints, so we added three speakers, <laughs> but we're not going to be able to prep the track quite as good for the next three, four races." You know, as, as not the racer in the group, um, that'd be great. <laughs> it's a it's a cool facility, though. I'm yeah. glad uh, I'm glad I was able to come. It'd be my I think third or fourth year I've been there, and they always have a good car count. Man, the weather though, like it was hot when we were there. Oh, it was hot, yes, very much so. And then it wasn't hot, and the cars went really fast on Sunday. So I kind of felt like Sunday would have been a good day to be there, but yet. I'm glad we weren't there Saturday when it rained all day either. Oh, I didn't know that. That is no fun. But we got to watch Stick Race and the Challenge of Champions, so that was pretty The Race of Champions. Race. Yeah, it was cool. That was kind of fun. Had a good time. Met some great people. Um, I think we got offered how many? Three or four different dinners. <laughs> come on come eat with us yeah i think we ate three times on the way back so. to the pickup yeah. <laughs> i really regretted not having some of the uh cake and ice cream though that was at the team finner trailer yeah i got in trouble because i turned down some of that and i i apologize it was nothing personal <laughs> but i did kind of get yelled at for not <laughs> for not taking some so next time next time i definitely will Bev will not let us buy without eating cake. Exactly. Yep. Yep. But isn't that what's kind of cool about the track? Like, I mean, that's just the camaraderie and. Yeah. It was good. We could have. Uh, the drive home was a little rough. Like, I was thinking, you know, if we're out of here by five, we'll be home by 10. <laughs> so rolling out of there by like 8 39 o'clock made the drive hard. But. We got home before three. I don't really remember. I'm glad you drove the last couple hours to the rain. <laughs> I hate them long drives at night. I mean, I'm more dangerous for falling asleep than I would be for, you know, drinking and driving. I think like if I'm tired behind the wheel, it's it's just you can't do. I can't do anything. So like be, hit my face a hundred times, put the window down, like nothing works. Mm -hmm. 
You have to listen to heavy metal loud. That'll wake you right up. I could try that next time. It doesn't work when you have got, your wife with you. It's though. been scary. You know, I'd be driving the motorhome with the trailer behind you, mm-hmm. trying to just trying to get to Gainesville. You know, twenty something hour drive, and you have three hours left, and you're just trying to push through, and it's just you're swerving and damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we do. We have some. We have some. You know, rather sad news here that the. Uh, uh, the man who started uh, Norwalk's famed Summit Motorsports Park, Bill Bader Sr., passed away this weekend. Oh, that stinks. In an accident, I believe, I read. And uh, that was sad. It was like during their national event. I think it was during Sunday Eliminations, from what I was told. You mean an accident um, at the track? At not, I don't think it was at the track. Oh. I think he was driving somewhere or doing something and um, got an accident. So if somebody can comment and let us know, Exactly, you know, or not exactly what happened, but like some better details than what I just gave out. Um, that would be helpful. Two days ago, this from Yahoo News. Bill Bader Sr., 79, the former longtime owner of Summit Motorsports Park Drag Strip, died in an accident near his home on Sunday in northern Idaho. His son, current track owner Bill Bader Jr., who's been on the show, uh, made the announcement late Sunday night. Quote, It is with a heavy heart that I share the news that this afternoon my dad was involved in an accident on the mountain he so deeply loved and passed away. I will share more information as it becomes available. Know that my father loved you. The news came just hours after the uh, final of the 15th annual NHRA Summit Racing Nationals held at the famed Norwalk track that Bill Bader Sr. built. Bader Sr. purchased the inoperable drag strip named Norwalk Dragway in April 1974 at the age of 27. He slowly transformed the track, later named Norwalk Raceway, into the gym it is today. He was the creator of the wildly popular Night Under Fire exhibition event held yearly in August. The annual, the annual sold-out event will see its 44th edition this season. And it goes on. You can check it out. Uh, that was two days ago. That's when that was on yahoonews.com. So, bummer. You know, after, talk, after talking to them, it's interesting to see why it grew because they're awesome people, but we all know it was the ice cream by the pound that really pushed it over the top. Yeah. And they stuck with Certainly it. didn't too. hurt. And raised with inflation. You know? uh, I, I did hear, uh, I was talking to someone at the track on Friday um, about, you know, the show a little bit and, you know, getting some ideas from them about things that they'd like to see or whatever. And um, one of the comments was uh, the Bader Jr. episode, the interview you guys did, um, if anyone that's in business doesn't listen to that interview, they're missing out, was the comment to me. Because it was such a dynamite. The content was phenomenal. And I agree. I mean, that guy's fantastic. So if he's anything like his dad was, um, what a loss. Amen. Oh, man. Terrible news. Uh, so rest in peace, Bill Bader Sr., uh, we have an update on Will Monroe, the young gentleman that got injured at Cecil County Dragway. His mother says they are moving him soon out of uh, the hospital and hopefully into an outpatient rehab. And uh, things are, are moving along. Uh, he, he was speaking more, saying or he was she saw him from across the room. I read in one post and he was just going like this. And she said, what are you doing? And he said, I have uh, practicing the trans break with my left hand. Now, really? His right hand is injured. So, and he says he's got to get a new race car. So mm-hmm. he's, I, I'm sure that nothing's going to keep that kid out of a car, you know, eventually. And he's, he's probably fired up and ready to get back into one, which is amazing because after a crash like that, I don't know. Some people may, would, might not ever want to get back in a car after yeah. something like that. I don't know that I would want to. I might be afraid for the rest of my life. Who knows? But this kid sounds like he's pretty fearless. So I hope it works out for him. I hope he can get back in a car as soon as possible. And anybody that has any more updates on Will Monroe, please comment. Um, oh, yeah, Brian and Craig, remember we were talking about that that DRAG, uh, the dr- NHRA. Oh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. the, the announcer, announcer program, yeah. That, their first meeting is today at 2 p.m. for anybody that's interested. It's a Zoom meeting. So if you haven't signed up, 
Go ahead and sign up for the NHRA drag program by Brian Loans. I guess you'll get, you know, some education from the man himself. And he's a phenomenal announcer. And I want to learn everything I can from him as well. So 2 p.m. Eastern time today, 2 p.m. Eastern time, a Zoom meeting. So you have a couple hours to uh, get registered if you want. And you can find that out at NHRA.com, the news section. It's in there. That's cool. And then last but not least announcement, the one that's causing a big stir right now is the parity adjustment. It's always a parity adjustment when it involves Fords, right, Brian? (laughs) (laughs) So the Cobra Jet, well, according to NHRA, they've evaluated the five races that have taken place for the factory stock showdown. And they've decided that, I don't know, you know, the Cobra Jet's just going a little bit too fast here, winning when it shouldn't be. So they're going to reduce the 2019 Cobra Jet, the 327 uh, supercharger. They're going to reduce the supercharger overdrive, they say, by changing the upper supercharger pulley from 3.625 inches to 3.75 inches. So bigger pulley, less spin, you know the deal. Um, So that's their way of... I guess slowing down the Cobra Jets a little bit and creating parity within the class. And I don't really get involved with factory stock like that because I don't have one. I don't drive in it. But does it seem like they make these parity adjustments a little bit more often when when Ford's winning versus when other brands are winning? Somebody comment and let me know what you think. All right, Brian, what do you think? I see a smiling over there. Does it have like, is there a correlation here that there was, you know, there's been Chevrolet performance, US Nationals, and there was for years Chevrolet sponsoring now. It's like the Dodge Nationals, and even the one I was fortunate enough to win is like the Mopar Express Lane Nationals. There's no Ford billing, there's no Ford Nationals. Does that mean? Don't you need to talk to your people about that? Does that mean? No, I want them to save that money for contingency for me. Um, but it makes me wonder sometimes, you know, like, eh, you got to keep the, the main sponsors happy and they got to, they got to stay winning. Have you seen the new Mustang? <laughs> like With that eco, that yeah, the thing e, that looks like a little the SUV? E, the E thing? The mach Yeah. Yeah. They, well, they spent all their money on that, so. Well, are, are they throwing all their cash toward uh, other race classes, I guess? Yeah. I don't know what they're throwing their money at. I just know that every time I read the news and how... Everybody's switching to the electric vehicles and, you know, administrative decisions are forcing, you know. Well, didn't, wasn't it Tasca that said that? all to get out of racing. Did, didn't Tasca say that E is where it's at? That's where it's all headed? He, he, was, he was approaching it from a businessman point of view. Yeah. And that was, let me get out in front of it and make money off of it. Mm-hmm. So can't fault him for that. But he also said. No, but, not- but if, if that's what he's hearing from the, the inside, that that's where they're going. I mean. What what are the odds? That's where they're trying to go. We got. Like, we also told us that the chip shortage was going to be over in six months. Yeah, that's and true. How long ago was that episode? We got the Hellcat. We got the Yanko Camaro, <laughs> and then we have the E Mustang. <laughs> I definitely don't. I, I like the fact that Dodge is like last 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 man standing when it comes to like building muscle here. It sounds like they're still going to crank out some more. And but what's up with the Copo? Is that done now again? I feel like that one they're discontinuing that after 2023. That's the last. This is like your last chance to order one, from what I read recently. It's a good marketing strategy. That's all. That's what I'm hoping. Take a year off. Bring it back. <laughs> um, Robert Keister. Big shout out to the Eastburn family. I guess that's Jeff and Josh Eastburn, who is going to allow the Monroe family to stay at their house while they bring the motorhome down from New Hampshire when they pick Will up. So that is... That's cool. Uh, Josh Eastburn, Jeff Eastburn, they race Top Dragster, Super Comp, Super Stock, and they own Hoops Fire Safety Equipment. So shout out to them. We got a couple messages here. Who do we got? Sheila Holt. Stan and Sheila Holt. So we don't know if it's Stan or Sheila. Happy birthday, Bobby. <laughs> Thank you very much. We just assume it's both of them. <laughs> we all know who it is. Yeah. Ask Eddie Bidler, Superstock Bobby Fazio. Happy birthday. Thanks, buddy. 
thanks, Peter Lanciers. <laughs> now, Ray I don't Thurston know if that's a good says, one. <laughs> Ray Thurston says, yeah, right. Another year older and deeper in debt. Thanks. Lollipops. So I guess Ray was saying I need to eat lollipops while driving late at night like that. Maybe that does work. Okay. Uh, actually, you know what does work? Bucky's Cinnamon Bears. <laughs> If it's sugary, yes, that helps. Oh, if I can't eat, I cannot eat. I have to starve myself. It's the only way I can stay awake. If I eat something that's lights out, really? boom, done. Had that problem ever since I was in grammar school. After lunch, trying to come back and go to class. Grammar school? Where it. are you from? Is that what we call it? I call it elementary school, but I'm trying to appeal to the crowd here. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a second. That's an old, old term. What are you elementary. saying? What do you guys call it? Well, elementary. But grammar school is an old term. Are you, is the assumption that but most he is of the crowd now. is old? He is old, though. <laughs> I'm 39, though. I have to speak That's more right. the time. Buckle up. <clears throat> All right, let me continue oh, with man. my announcements. Or was that the last one? No, I think that was the last one. Okay. All right, we, we did have a quick uh, couple minutes to sit down, uh, chat with Charlie of Midwest Class Racers uh, at the track. So let's uh, throw that up, and then uh, we'll talk about it. So Brian Anderson of Class Racing Day here. I'm with Charlie. Charlie is kind of the brainchild or the creator of the Race of Champions for the Midwest Class Racers. Yes, we uh, decided since we had such a great class, Midwest Class Racers was a, a tremendous program. We wanted to elevate it. We, the guys were always asking, well, what about points? You know, who's the champion of the year? And I said, well, let's do it this way. We came up with an idea as a board of directors say, Okay, let's take every winner from our 16 races, or, well, actually 24 races, and we'll have a race of champions. And we, if we have double winners and we don't have enough to 16 cars, we'll draw from the runner-ups and have alternates. And then we run for 5000 to win, a $1,000 runner-up. And it just gives an extra incentive for our regular class racers uh, for each race to have another bonus race. That's really cool, and we're lucky to have you as integral part of the association is what you are so we appreciate you doing this for us what are your thoughts about today what are you thinking well it's been a great race we had a couple breaks which uh in our in our stick race prior to our race of champions we have a stick race we had a couple breakages which was unfortunate but the race has been going very well uh and soon we'll be starting the race of champions and uh, crowning not only the race of champions but the stick challenge also so so far and i don't know about years past but we've already had two heads ups first two rounds of the stick shootout what are your thoughts there oh that's cool that's cool and uh we just had one uh just now and it, i like the heads up i you know unfortunately some cars are a little faster than others but that's the way it, that's the way it goes we have scales we weigh them uh so we want to run it as fair as we can and going back to the race of champions the other way we want to keep it as fair as we can we run a qualifier. You have to qualify, and, and it's all laddered, so uh, no sandbagging. you got to qualify. Yeah, do you got any early predictions? Who do you think's got it? Um, we've got some good cars. Uh, Jason Jason DeForest is our defending champion. Now, he has, he's got two incentives. One, not to get beat because someone gets $200 if they beat him, but he's got a real big incentive to repeat because we're going to give him a $2,000 bonus if he repeats. So... Uh, he, Jason, he's been very tough in the race. So am I wrong in saying didn't Larry make it? Is he racing dad now for the championship? Did Larry make it in or not? No, he, he was. Larry was a first alternate. Okay. So he didn't, unfortunately or fortunately for the alternates, uh, we didn't have anybody break. So we had all 16 qualifiers here. Uh, so we didn't have any alternates. Like last year, we had one of the cars break, and we did have one of the alternates in, but we had no alternates uh, in the race this year. Ooh, cutting news. Oh, Larry's in? Well, that's going to be a long ride home, then. That's what I thought. No, I did not know that. I did not know that. Uh, Yeah, so they're racing heads up. See, that's all new to me. Yeah, that'll be fun. So who do you got, Larry or Jason, on that one? Oh, I got to go with the Ford. (laughs) Well, you might be wrong. You got to be somewhere. (laughs) Well, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, and thanks for everything you're doing and your support. It's really cool. The, The... Sponsorship and the help you brought to this association is what makes it great. So, well, thank it's, you for it's, that. it's so much fun and it's like a family. Uh, it, it, I couldn't be happier to be a part of it. And we want to make it grow. We want to grow Midwest class racers. We welcome all stock, super stock racers that come join us. Uh, it's a lot of fun. 
I know we're up against Norwalk, and we had some of the racers that went to Norwalk, but we understand that. But we'll always have uh, an open place for you to run stock superstock. Any idea what the total count is so far? Here we had 30 cars in our stick challenge, and we had, I don't know how many are entered in the stock superstock combo. I don't, I don't know that. Obviously, we have 16 cars in our uh race of champions well they're still rolling in so i mean i think it's gonna be a great weekend and great racing so yeah I, w I would say we're going to be close to 100 cars in our combo i That's would awesome. i would guess that you know where the tracks you know we got to support the tracks we have and the way the times are economic times you know it's nice that we can have this place to go so oh and rock falls what jim greenheck and dean lee and his crew have done on this racetrack is absolutely phenomenal yeah. i mean it, if nothing else you should just come to this racetrack to see what they've done it's such a beautiful setting they have phenomenal facilities, uh, and it's 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 going to grow. And they keep it hopping. Like, we're trying to run around and talk to people. We don't have time. It's like they're staging, and they just keep running. So, I mean, that's the neat thing. I mean, they're really moving cars through here yeah, fast. You're so not sitting around. around. No, no, we're not. And tomorrow will even be probably more frenetic. We got some rain tomorrow, probably. So, we'll run them a little quicker. But, yeah, we keep try to keep it going. Uh, nothing worse than just sitting around. So, we want to have action. Well, thanks for your support, and it's been fun to come up here and hang out. So... Thank Appreciate you. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Hey, Bobby Fazio, you better be here next year. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Charlie. It looks fun. I'm going to try. I, I, is it usually in the same part of the year, like always in late June? Or? Yep. Okay. So what was kind of cool about it is I'd heard that somebody had broken the stick race and Larry was coming. Or he was first-round alternate. So, you know, they kind of do it like uh, – I do it like Indy, right? So you're sitting there waiting. If somebody breaks, you can pull right up for first round. But then they were actually on opposite sides of the ladder the way it works. So it could have had you had Larry on one side and Jason on the other, and we thought that would have been a pretty cool final. But It got close. Because didn't Larry make it to the uh, runner-up? Yep, Bogner, Bogner beat Larry yeah. to go to the final. And then, and then Jason lost in the final. Yep. Barely. Yeah. Yep. Don't know, but yeah, he, had, they, he had quite the incentive to win. I think they, they did. They both went dead on, I think, didn't they? Was that the race that they did? I'm trying to remember. It was really close, but David Bogner ended up winning. Uh, DeForest got second, so runner up. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, the stick race was neat, too, because we had uh, uh, Parsons. Yep, Jim Parsons, who I've never really I've seen him around, but I've always he's been kind of the man, the myth, of the legend, right? Like you see the car, and I just never really went up and looked at the, that close at that car, and it's uh, it's a really cool story behind that thing, and it was neat to see him. And we went up to talk to him, like, "Hey, can we talk to you about your car?" And he's like, "After I lose, yeah." He's like, "Wait till I lose." <laughs> <laughs> he just kept going rounds and just like beating and thrash and thrash thrash, like just. So we had to sit there and wait because we had to talk to him about his car. Right. It was our last chat, and then. Yeah, he ended up winning. He bought that car brand new in 1966. Got drafted to Vietnam. At, at 19. He yeah. was 19, I think. Yep. And he has it still. Still has the original motor, doesn't he? Didn't he say? Yeah, yeah not in the car. but Yeah, he but has he, he has it. That's pretty cool. His wife That's drove it as a street car. The ones where they, they got drafted and came back and bought it, or they bought it, got drafted, had like a relative watch it yeah. for them while they were gone. Mm -hmm. and His wife was driving it as like, her car while he was in <laughs> vietnam it was pretty cool yeah that wow. was like three what was it three thousand dollars or something like that 3500 bucks i don't know <clears throat> so, you could buy something so amazing in the late 60s for 3500 bucks well but what is that there. adjusted for inflation <laughs> let's see. Uh, say fifteen thousand dollars or something <laughs> look that up on a calculator you guys ended up having i think i saw a qualifying sheet 104 cars so that's that's quite a turnout so Jim, an association race, right? Jim Parsons won the stick race. Johnny DiCamo was runner-up. So that was pretty cool. And then, so for the combo race, I think, uh, I sent you the sheet. I should know this. You know me. I just kind of wing it. But there was a hundred and some cars. But, man, the air changed. Like, they had, a, I think it was like 1,500-foot air with a pretty good tailwind. And they were honking on that second qualifying on Sunday. I saw a couple 130 underpasses. Yeah, it's... uh. It was definitely, like, for us, like, that's East Coast here. Like, we only see you guys running that stuff. We never get that opportunity. Mm. But then 30, you have. 3500 bucks is $34,000 in today's money. Still can't buy one for so, that. No, no, not like <laughs> really? that. Yeah. 
That's kind of so insane. This thing, that from from what like 1968. Well, well, one one dollar in 1960 is worth is the equivalent of nine dollars and eighty seven cents today. Okay. So if you make a hundred thousand dollars today, what would that have been in 1960? Um, just what ten grand? Ten grand. <laughs> Eleven thousand dollars. Yeah. Boy, that would make things simple. I know, so I can't yell at like my relatives anymore. Thirty five hundred dollars for the car? Why don't you just buy the whole lot? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, well, why don't you, pal? Because we weren't millionaires, buddy. <laughs> But the uh, so the interesting thing on the combo race is, so it came down to Mans versus DeForest in the final, and uh, Mike Mans, right? Yep. So superstar car, fr- friend of the show. Yes. So backstory, I guess, is in the semifinals. Mans had something w- weird happen, and the data was off, and the car had a little issue or perceived issue, slowed up. So he's digging and looking and trying to figure out what went wrong. What went wrong? I hope you don't get mad at me for sharing this. But anyway, something on the graph didn't look right. It looked like there was an issue. So they're thrashing around trying to find that. You're getting ready to go up the first round, you know, the final. So dial a little soft, right? Like you're not sure what it's going to do. It's been exactly the same all except for the semifinal run, a situation none of us want to be in. So I'm guessing he softened up the dial a little bit. No idea really what the car is going to do. Race goes down, he gets to the end. He's like, he's whapping it at like 500 feet, trying to th- drive it. So what's impressive is I think it was seven ten thousandths of a second was the margin of victory. And he's whapping that thing and trying to drive it from 500 feet to the end. Like, not the ideal result. He got runner up, but that's still pretty cool. Like, <laughs> he said one last whap, you know, would have probably took the stripe and would have won. It's crazy when yeah, it's that that's close. Impressive. That's impressive, yeah. That's the part that's wild to me, be, being you know new to this thing, to watch it is, I mean, it, it's all electronic, so you can't complain, theoretically. Um, but to be that tight and lose by, I mean, less than that, it's just crazy to think about. This is like barrel racing. It's got to break the eyeball properly. You just have to be so damn good for for nine or 10 seconds and there's no like if you mess up it's not like like Kenny Mealy said last week it's not like roundy round racing where you have a bunch of laps that you can kind of adjust that. yeah yeah well it's like I guess it's similar to golf in a way yeah and you got to practice consistently and then be able to repeat that when it matters but I mean all you got to do is flinch or hesitate that's the difference. Like in that race, I mean, it paid $5,000 to win that combo race. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they were splitting some of that. No, they don't <laughs> split it. Makes your flinch not, not as painful. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing that's impressive that I really like about Mike too, is he hasn't been racing that much. So just to like, you know, a couple times last year, get in the car and just be able to execute. And it says a lot about the preparation they spend and just, the system that they've developed is pretty impressive. <clears throat> and it's hard to not cheer for DeForest, too. I mean, they're just some of my favorite people at the track also. So it was two titans of the in our area battling it out in the finals. Kind of cool. Yeah, there should have been a lot of side bets going on. You should have <laughs> made it a best of three. <laughs> That's funny. So we're hopefully, everybody that knows Larry DeForest, we've been putting the pressure pretty hard on mm-hmm. him to come on the show, and he's he's still kind of trying to be reluctant. He's balking so a little bit. We're going to get him on. He just needs a little side pressure from anybody that knows him. Tell him he needs to come on. I even said he could bring his cigar. So Is he camera shy or, or <laughs> bougie? He just doesn't <laughs> like us. <laughs> or option C. Yep. Nice. We, uh... I don't know if we can tell this story. We probably tell this story. So we're hanging out at the camp waiting for him to come out. And somebody was talking about, what was it? Something about the air. They're like, oh man, the cars are going to be fast because look, their hair isn't frizzy. So <laughs> the humidity in the air and how the hair is laying. Well, Larry's got pretty nice hair, you know, long hair. We're like, it's just like his weather station. Like he literally That's takes it so with good, him. right? Yeah. <laughs> Old school. It works. Yeah. It's like a divining rod. 
if you're having a good hair day, you're probably not going to be that fast, you know? <laughs> so we missed a couple of results. We didn't talk about Brainerd last week. And I wanted to touch base on that. Actually, it was two weeks ago now, wasn't it? But friend of the show, Craig Maddox, was the winner for his fourth Lucas Oil Wally. What's cool about that race, he raced Dwayne Scheitlin, another guy that we run into quite a bit around here. Um, that guy's always, uh, I've always seen that guy's name in the late rounds, Scheitlin. Yep, he's, he's got that black uh, Challenger, right? 440, six-pack? Is it that or is it a blue Charger? I don't remember. It doesn't say. I'm looking at Drag Insights. Does it say what they have for a car? If you go to the qualifying order, yeah. What was cool about <laughs> this race is Shetland was 105, had a 105 package, and Maddox had a 104. I mean, you're 0.18 feet. Mm. Two inches at the stripe. That is... It's amazing that the, they could even pick that up down there. That's... 70 Challenger is what he's running. Yeah. That thing was going 8,200 in Brainerd, or uh, Denver. Someday I'll make it there. First, we got to get the car running. We got uh, who on Superstock there then? Trainer. And Brainerd, right? Is that... No, Denver. I know Aiden Patterson Denver. won Superstar. Are, are we talking about Denver? Like we were just talking or Brainerd? Yeah, which one were you talk, were we talking doing, about? Denver. Were we on Brainerd or Denver? I was doing Denver. Oh, you were doing Denver. Okay. Uh, Denver. Yeah, Denver was Aiden Patterson. Uh, Factory Superstock F. And he got the win over... Carol Warling, GTO Automatic, 11, 1130 ETs. Aiden Patterson was going 1020s. This is the cool thing of that car. You've probably never seen that car, but Carol Warling has a really awesome... What is that? It's like a 74... I wish I knew what that car was. It's like a Le Mans. It's kind of a cool. Like It's something you don't see all the time. A 74 Pontiac? Is it like a big big boat? Yeah. Yep. It's got lines, you know, like what cars have forgotten about. <laughs> somebody, listen, somebody listening has to know what that car is. <laughs> somebody comment. Let us know what uh was was Carol Warling. GTO automatic. I always see them at Carney. I just can't remember what the car was. It's not your typical Camaro or Mustang or Nova. It's pretty cool and then what did you say wasn't there another race that we were going to cover or give results for uh did we talk about brainerd divisional were you just that? talking about that no this was bandamir oh sorry Dwayne has the black challenger i know what i'm talking about half the 25% of half the time. Thank you, Brian Zinzin. Thank you, Billy Gibbs. Appreciate it. Everett Vassar, truck stop coffee, the kind that carries a warning. Oh. <laughs> That's the quality stuff. Typically, you pour it onto the counter and it stands up in the cup shape. You know you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Slides out. <laughs> right. <laughs> What I don't get is the iced coffee thing. Like, we tried to do that at the truck stop. Like, I can order an iced coffee from somebody that knows how to make iced coffee, and it's significantly different than when I try to do it at the truck stop. Apparently, I'm not qualified. I'm, I'm, I've never been into iced coffee. I don't, I don't even know if I've ever had one. Even if it's, like, 90 degrees outside and I get a coffee, it has to just be a hot one. 74 Le Mans for Carroll. Yep. That's what you said there, Brian. I wonder what engine combo he's got in there to be in GTO automatic. Does he have like a a big 
like the, the the 400 Pontiac motor or the 428 out of like 1968 that that people run or is it like a 400 motor or is he running like a 350 Chevy in there? So if anybody knows that, we're gonna we'll let us know. I wish they would put that on entry list and and on the little weight sticker on the cars. Like I want to know it should have year and cubic inch. Just some, say that. Some people might not want that on there, Bobby. Well, it's got to be public knowledge, right? <laughs> it's public knowledge for everybody that's not running GT. So, <clears throat> and it's public knowledge for everybody that's running stock. We hope. Oh, there was one more thing about the being at the track. Uh, old Johnny <clears throat> McLaughlin. He, uh, afterward, he cooked what was it? A seafood boil, some crab legs, shrimp. Um. And we were done, and he's like, oh, man, we should have done an episode, like filmed John's Kitchen at the track. So next time, we'll get that. There's a lot of ideas right there for next next year. Oh, yeah. I think we need a booth set up with a whole studio on, like, in a booth and just have people roll through, do live shows. We talked about trying to do that at Brainerd, but I don't know why NHRA might get mad at us. Well, nah, I don't think they care that much. More people watch our coverage probably than... I think back in the day they cared more, and I know they were telling people to stop, and, you know, a couple of people got in trouble. Um, but I don't know, they've been, they've been pretty cool with me. The only thing they told me was don't, don't put... They didn't like when I put my camera in my car and filmed my opponent chasing me down. So We're going to refer to that as Bobby Gate. I will, I like it, yeah. Yep. What did they call Bob Belichick in the NFL when he got caught doing that? He let the air out of a ball, didn't he? No, that was Brady. Spygate. Spygate. There it is. I still to this day don't understand what was wrong with doing that, but <laughs> you're you're filming the other team and their signs and you're studying. To me, you're outworking your competition. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm gonna say about that. That's something I probably would have done. Like, let's try and pick up their signs. Well, and it presumes that the only way you can read their lips is if you film them. You know people are watching them, so what's the difference? Or they just have one of those fancy microphones like we brought to the track where you could literally just point it and hear what they're saying. Isn't that the whole point of signs? So you don't, like, if you weren't allowed to listen or, or observe the other team's signs, wouldn't we just, like, tell people what to do? Bunt on this play. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's why we do signs. That's why you have an indicator. That's Deflate why you have a gate, Everett. Like, that's it. Deflate gate. That's old Brady. That's fine. He's the best. You know, you, you let the best do whatever they want to do. No big deal. Yeah. So after uh, having to go to a, I shouldn't say having because I'm a parent and I need to support my kid, but baseball, <laughs> I'm trying to understand it. I was sitting there the other day. I'm like, all these people seem to really be enjoying this. Like, what am I missing? But they didn't even have any cool signs. You know, at least normally they're like, you know, doing all the crazy yeah. stuff. And like, this guy's just standing there looking at the guy. I'm like, this isn't even interesting. Like, here's the wrong level of baseball. Yeah. You could, uh, you could pretty much predict there's always going to be two strikes, three balls, and either the kid's getting hit or by the ball and walk, or he's getting walked. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not really a stati- statistician, but I'm guessing at least 70% of the time that's how it ends. That's pretty good that they're getting two strikes. When I go to my stepson's game, it's like 18 balls in a row. So uh, <laughs> walk, walk, walk. All right. This team batted 50 times. It's just time for the inning to end and let the next team hit. Now. Oh, brother. Speaking of baseball, for some dumb reason, two nights ago, I turned on a Mariners game with Baltimore. <coughs> Fourth inning. Two outs. The batter up. 12 pitches to this one batter. I think 11 of them were foul balls. Ah. Um, then the, the, that 12th one, the home run. Next yeah. guy next guy up, first pitch, home run. Warm <laughs> oh, out. I know. It's crazy. When I was batting leadoff, that was my job. See a lot of pitches. 
Well, and then apparently we jumped into the fourth inning. In the third inning, uh, Baltimore did back-to-back home runs also off the same pitcher. At that point, you pull them. I mean, he had 100 pitches in four innings. That's a lot. Sorry, well, it's I not a baseball show. I get hit in the thumb by a 97-mile-an-hour <laughs> fastball uh, two days ago. So he's not playing tonight, and that's where we're Ugh. going for my birthday, to the Phillies game. So, Well... He, that that looked painful. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he was so mad. Like I, I, I was reading his lips. He yelled at the pitcher, and the pitcher was like, "It wasn't." I don't think the pitcher did it on purpose. You know, sometimes they do throw at people on purpose. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did it on purpose. And uh, you could see Harper say like something like, "God!" Like he yelled at the pitcher, <laughs> and then he and then you saw him say, "I know you didn't mean to do it." <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of trash talk. Like my kid was uh so my oldest. He's a little guy, you know, he's six three, probably yeah. two twenty now. He'll be fifteen here in a couple of weeks. Oh my God. You should not have to pay for that kid to go to college. And uh but the funny thing was he's sitting there and he's first base. <laughs> like the players and the coach. And we played a, t- a local town and they're good. Like they were all crushing it and they had ten run ruled them in the fifth inning the first game and <laughs> But they're like smack talking, like just complete smack talk. I mean, here's this little like midget next to my son just talking crap. I'm like, maybe you should just punch him in the face. <laughs> like, I don't want a kid from the other team. Yeah. A little kid was talking that was losing 10 nothing. No, we lost 10 nothing. Like, they were oh, destroying us. Right. But, like, let's have a little, like, yeah. Your son could have, you know, moved his elbow accidentally in yeah, the whoops, direction sorry. of that kid's face. <laughs> He said something. I don't remember. My kids said something. You know how kids are. And he goes something about like, "Oh, you're pretty, you're pretty cool for being the second game first baseman or something." And I don't know. My uh, there's a good reason I probably don't play sports because I'm like, you know, when they're they're running and you're gonna, you know, there's, I just smoke the kid with the ball, hit him in the elbow so he can't hit next time or do something like that, you know, or when you got to tag him, tag him across the face, like. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> That's why I don't. That's why I don't get overly involved. That's why you're not the coach, clearly. After after losing ten nothing, did you guys petition to have the rules changed or have the other team, uh, you know, a parity adjustment or anything like that? Come on. <laughs> no, we need to have less errors. Don't we allowed to play with eight players in the field now instead of nine? Oh, classracingtoday.com if you're listening or watching on YouTube uh, we encourage you to subscribe if you would because the more subscribers we get uh, the more reach we have and the better this show uh, can get because we can attract more uh, more people so if you would do that that would be wonderful Uh, we would appreciate it very much subscribe on YouTube classracingtoday.com ClassRacingToday.com for more information. And if you want to support the show, we are funded um, mostly by uh, the the value for value model, where you choose the value you get out of the show. We put these, we put the content out there. We go out and get the people uh, and put it out there for free. You don't have to buy to watch. Uh, but if you get value out of it, you know we we all place value on things. I mean, we how many of us have seventeen streaming options? Uh, in our houses right now. And you know, there's value on that, but they set the value. Like Netflix says, this is how much it's worth. Well, we don't want to do that. We want to let you choose the value. So if it's worth a dollar, wonderful. If it's worth a thousand dollars, wonderful. All of it is welcome and much appreciated. So uh, you can do that classracingtoday.com. Click on the donate button and you choose the value. And we thank you all for doing that. Uh, We do uh, also uh, have a few, um, corporate sponsors that have jumped in occasionally and we appreciate that as well so if that's something you want to do classracingtoday at gmail.com send us a note we'll give you we'll connect and talk some details so uh, anyway classracingtoday.com is that how are the points looking bob you checked that out lately i see santangelo one or walk well the national points in stock I have Mike Cotton as number one. Well, Pollard says hi. Y'all. Hi, y'all. Let me make sure that I am on the right uh, page here. But yeah, let's go through these points real quick. 
So, loading Mike Cotton's number one in stock lemonade. He's got 473 points, five nationals, five divisionals. Brad Burton, number two. Leo Glassbrenner, number three. Scott Burton, number four. Tim Stickles, uh, number five. Gutters by design. Tim Stickles is a good guy. He's a Division One racer and runs the Malibu Blues car. And then in Superstock, Greg Stanfield, he raced, I don't know, a couple times earlier this year and won every single one of them. So he's number one. Ryan McClanahan's number two. Brian Warner, number three. Larry McClanahan, no relation, number four. Justin Lamb, number five. That's national points. And then factory stock, national points. we got Bill Skillman, number one. David Barton, number two. Lenny Lodig, number three. Aaron Stanfield, number four. Dave Janik, number five. A Ford, a Camaro, a Camaro, a Camaro, a Camaro. <laughs> parody adjustment. I want to give a shout out to Tyler Bohannon for winning Superstock. Oh, man, he's been killing it lately. And then he, I don't know, he, I saw a post where he won Norwalk on Saturday and then it said they wired in a delay box uh, Saturday night or something in time for Sunday for a big money race somewhere. I don't know how he did there. Did he win that too? Mm, not sure. So yeah, he wins a lot. Santangelo was in the final in stock and super stock. He was at uh, Norwalk and then... My favorite uh, complainer, not complainer, my favorite critic. I don't want to use the word complainer. My favorite critic, Mark Yacovone, is always giving me shit about my Dragon Sight's power rankings, about how, like, he still doesn't get it <laughs> that we're not putting the top 10 predictions in. Like, we're putting random people in and, and just their percentage next to it. So he's yelling at me for not... I didn't include Santangelo in the power rankings this week because he's been in them like four times already. So I'm trying to put different names in there. And he was like, I don't need a computer program to know that Santangelo is going to be in the final. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's why he's in the field. Do you see how high the field probability is here? It's like 18%. It's as high as the number two uh, driver up there. So thanks, Mark Yacovone, for always making my day better on race day. I wonder if he watches this show. I don't think he does. So let's uh, let's talk about Dragon Sights a little bit. We got some changes coming that we want to talk about. A lot of new stats in there. Interesting stats. What are they changing? Um, well, there's going to be profile changes where you can put in. You know, under your name, there will be your your make and model. I mean, this is all optional for you to put in an area to put in your sponsors and give them some uh, notice and uh, some publicity, free publicity. Um, anything that you parts, you know, uh, specs on your uh, not specs, but like like if what kind of oil you use, what kind of tires you use, anything like that. If you want it, because you might have a tire sponsor and you want that. Uh, company to get noticed so things like that as far as driver profiles and you can already put your picture in there and we want to have it like so you can interact with each other maybe do some posting maybe uh message other users and then as far as stats go you know it's just we already had le your left lane stats versus your right lane stats your reaction time in both lanes but now you can see your average reaction time when you're leaving first versus when you're leaving second your win percentage when you leave first versus leaving second um, the number of times you cross the finish line first versus second, your win percentage when crossing first versus crossing second. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff in there now. Um, average margin of victory, I believe, crossing first, crossing second. More stuff than I can remember right now, but it's just everything's... We just keep finding more and more things to put in there from racers' feedback and from user feedback. And we have the contingency program. So don't want to miss out on that. Anybody that's a premium member, um, make sure you're signed up for contingency. We're going to make that easier, by the way. When you sign up for your premium membership, it's automatically going to sign you up for contingency. Just due to some limitations currently, you had to do, do that separately. And it was creating a loophole. People that were premium members 
weren't signing up for contingency and people that weren't mem weren't premium members were signing up for contingency so that was uh something that we had to like fix and that's been that's been fixed you ship out stickers to put on the car yes you tell us how many cars you have and we send that number of that many stickers so if you run two classes three classes doesn't matter you just sign up one time you don't have to that's cool it's not that kind of program we have to sign up for each car mm -hmm. anything crazy like that you know it's kind of crazy and, how... uh, we have like, like lots of cool you know win runner-up you get you get extra you know you get a year added to your subscription or six months and we're going to do like cool things like if you win class at indy i think we're going to do contingency for that like you you can you'll get an extension on your membership i want to start doing more and more things giving it out for different races I just have to clear it with the boss, though. <laughs> Alicia's the boss when it comes to that part. <clears throat> you know, it's kind of crazy how that thing has evolved in the last... Has it been six, nine months? How long has Dragon Sights? Yeah, I'd say about nine months. And the biggest, you know, advancements, like you said, have probably been within the last two months. So... You know, somebody that logged on nine months ago and maybe didn't see enough or didn't like what they saw or just didn't know how to use it, I really think you should uh, probably get in there now. You're going to see it's it's a whole different ballgame in there now. Well, I might uh, have to cancel my... I might have to quit using it because I don't know how excited I am that this is our farewell Bobby Fazio show. Your Jumping ship. No. <laughs> no, no, moving up. <laughs> Getting called into the bigs, going. It's kind of a sad day. You have that song, Craig, from the what? The Jeffersons. Moving oh, on. Oh shoot! <laughs> <laughs> if YouTube wouldn't kick us off, we would. Two what if Bobby? If Bobby yeah. sings it, there you is go. Is it technically? Yeah. I don't well, know. It depends yeah, on how, how close he is. Yeah. Just gotta change no, some of the words. No, definitely not moving on up to anything. I'm, uh, it's gonna. I'm gonna be hard pressed to have you know production expertise like this but um yep taking my driver interviews uh to the next level i guess if you will and taking you know working a lot more on drag insights to make it the best you know sportsman drag racing app for for everybody that's been using it and i, I just i'm the type of person i get started on something i get obsessed with something and then i just keep trying to make it better and better and better and that is definitely the case uh with with drag insights and driver interviews and, and was the case with this podcast. So I appreciate everything. You know, this podcast definitely gave me, you know, a start. It was a phone call that, that was like, let's try a podcast. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to do that kind of stuff. And now it's turned into this. So, and we've been going for almost two years now. This 60, is, is this 67? Yeah. 67 episodes. Yeah, it's kind of wild. And just looking back on the the different array of people that have been on this guest is very cool. So, you know, th that'll continue. It'll just be a little different as we go forward. But, and of course, I mean, Bobby will be, I'm sure, popping back up on occasion as he's free. But, He'll uh, be our guest every time right? that <laughs> he thinks Ford's unjustly <laughs> <Yes>. corrected. <laughs> Every time That's a four gets mistreated, I'll be on. So I'll probably right. see you on a weekly basis. We could either we could either put him on video or just watch his comments and block him as they're popping Awesome, up. yes. He's back. Dang it. Put him in timeout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of crazy when you think about 67 episodes. Yeah, and this all kind of was birthed out of uh, a need for for content about this very specific branch of drag racing. And... It's kind of wild because, I mean, it pulled me in. I, I mean, I, I don't race, obviously, but it's been a fascinating ride just for me to get information and see how it goes. And then to see the people that do it. It really is a group of pretty amazing people. So it's been good for me. So it, it, it'll be a bummer to see you go, but uh, hopefully Dragon or Driver Interviews will continue to grow on uh, the YouTube Um the show must the show must go on. The show must go on. We're gonna have to have maybe you could be like the factory Ford consultant. Like <laughs> not me, no. <laughs> I have a few ideas in mind for that. You know, maybe you should get Skillman on here or uh 
um, Holbrook and uh, anybody that runs those cars and that can tell you exactly what's going on with them. I see our guests leaning a lot more to the Mopar and GM crowd now. <laughs> Brian's single minded is fine. Yeah. I'm not single minded. You have Mopar oh, and sorry, you have, have two of them. Right? GM. <laughs> like, That's like walking into the one door and going either to the right or the left. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Well, did anybody see that? The NHRA just came out with a PlayStation game, by the way. And it looks really cool, but I was just sad to see. I, I, you know, first thing I was looking at is, oh, do they have any stock and super stock in it? Is there but, not? No, it doesn't look like it. It's just mm. the the pro categories. Gross. Oh, where did I man. see that? Where did I see that that was being talked about? I don't know. It might have been that. Wouldn't that, that have been cool? Just, just puts a smidge in there. An add-on. The Street Outlaws game has more realistic-looking cars than the NHRA one. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Now, Craig, I, I'm sure, like, even though you're not a racer and, and you really weren't into this until you kind of met us, um, did you appreciate just, like, stock and super stock, seeing cars from, like, the 60s kind of going down the track and doing wheelies? Is that something that you thought was cool for at least? Well, I've, I, I've, I've been, as a photographer, that's my job, um, I've been into old cars forever. <clears throat> there, I lived by a guy when I was young, uh, who was restoring a 57 Chevy truck. And so I would just go and help him wet sand the thing. And he, you know, he was working on it. Turned out beautifully, not because of me, but because of what he did. So from then on, I, I bet I was 10, 11 when I was helping with that. So it really was a cool window into that world. So it is phenomenal to see some of these vehicles uh, doing what they do. It's wild. And then, you know, the, the technical side of it all is just crazy, but it's, it's cool to watch a, basically a, an old car show run and down the and track. And that's the, the part that we have to explain to everybody that isn't familiar with the classes. They're, they're not only doing what they do, but they're doing it with the engines that came in the car for that year. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that really blows people's minds at national events when they walk by and they, you know, say, Hey, nice car. Like what? What do you have in there? Like a 347, you know, stroker <laughs> yeah. or something? And I'm like, nah, like in these classes, you have to run. Right. This is a 55 Mustang. It came with a 289. That's what it has to run. Mm -hmm. And then they're just mind blown. And then they always say, well, when are you racing again? And it's usually, I lost yesterday, so I'm done yeah. the, for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that's, that's the thing. That's, that's the way I'm pitching it at races. So, anyway, you can get some new people to, to take a look, yeah. you know. The interesting, it's a great way. interesting thing of uh, watching Craig at the track is there was a whole like AV experience. He's like, I think we could stream this better. I think we could, you know, like in just the pictures he took of the cars and even like the clips, like Craig's very talented in the audio video picture. I remember I used to have a term for him, artsy fartsy, I think, or something. <laughs> yeah, you thanks. Know, like, <laughs> well, like just what the what he can do with the camera and some of that's pretty neat. And that's, that was one conversation we had on the way back is maybe doing something, you know, growing it and expanding is do something where maybe we'll go to one of these MCR races and set up and do like a live stream. Yeah. Like there's and, ways and they could be, change be the angles. Live and stream, yeah. Maybe a different, a little different take on how things are currently being done to make it a better experience. Yeah. That's a great idea. Wheels were turning for Craig. <laughs> Watch out. Step back and watch out. <clears throat> then when there are no speakers outside, outside of that tower. Yeah, well, you'll fix that problem, too. That's right. No Limit Drag Racing on mobile apps is a pretty fun bracket racing game. I'll have to check that one out. Thank you, Brian Zenson. No Limit Drag Racing. Yeah, he also said that the uh, NHRA game is uh, made by the same people who made <clears throat> Street Oh, game. that's bad news. Well, yeah. Hopefully they did a better so, job on this one. Right. Maybe they got some more more cash this time maybe if they would have put stock and super stock in it it would have had a uh, a bigger following i mean let's not forget the two and a half million people that tuned into that heads up final last year at epping and the heads up final that i posted recently from 2018 larry gilly and uh ryan mangus i haven't seen gilly out much this year hopefully he's all right 
Or maybe he could be waiting on parts and things like that. All right, fellas. Well, well, it's been real and it's been, been fun. fun. Yeah. Uh, come back, definitely. Well, uh, I'm sure I'll be we'll, asking you lots of audiovisual we'll uh, questions, Craig. Absolutely. Let's <laughs> do it. My... The, the Northeast is a place, of area of the country I haven't explored much, so uh, I may need to wander up there. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and we'll do a road trip. We get we can get a sponsored bus. The road show. Go, there you go. Take it on the road. Who can we talk to? I wonder if Charlie could get us a bus. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Brian, good luck in your endeavors uh, at DragonSights.com and uh, DriverInterviews.com. And uh, we will see you around the bend as we go. Um, and then hopefully we'll cross paths again on the show. ClassRacingToday.com is this website, and um, thanks for hanging out. Um, we will be back next time with some more interviews. Uh, they will start looking a little different, I think, but that's all right. We adjust and grow as we need to. So thanks a lot, everyone. We appreciate it. Have a great day. Have a great week. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time.